And thanks to the help you get from ASE Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. We'll keep it running. If you need to bring in your uh, vehicle, car, your truck, your van for uh, service, and you want to know what the heck could be wrong with it before you bring it in, Dan Burns is going to give you maybe some idea, kind of over the radio analysis. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Danny. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thanks. It's nice and cozy in here, and uh, it looks like a warmer day today, at least for a while. <laughs> one one day until uh, we go through a couple more uh, chilling uh, chilling days. Now, I would imagine you you and your crew at uh, Lloyd's have been pretty busy with this cold weather stuff. You know, it's as always, Danny. It gets to be too much, and uh, what I don't like about it is you just can't help everybody. You just can't. Uh, provide the service that that everybody needs and i get frustrated by that i want to make everybody better but (laughs) that's that's not the way it goes you (laughs) can't save the world no Uh, but yeah there's just too much demand right now and you know we're doing the best we can but there's never enough time in the day i was uh, chatting earlier this morning with our friend dennis downtown at the studio and uh, he was saying his vehicle which i know lloyd's has worked on in the past uh, he said he uh, uh, went in uh, and started it fine, uh, no problem. But he could the uh, the the blower fan wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. And then he got out, went into the station, and then came back out later, and it worked fine. Yeah. So how, how can this intermittent? What what is this like a, a broken wire or is it just the cold weather? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, an electric motor. And it has brushes in there that need to, they're spring-loaded, and as those brushes get thinner, then the springs get weaker, and uh, intermittently under certain conditions, they, you know, the blower motor won't blow. Uh, <clears throat> we do a professional test. We call it the tap test, and oftentimes if you tap on an electric motor, it will, uh, you know, mo- dislodge those uh those brushes a little bit and make have it make contact again and and it's actually a very good test if the blower motor is not running or if a starter motor for example is not running and you tap on it with a hammer or a screwdriver and it starts working again then there's a pretty good chance that that component has failed and that's probably what's going on with Dennis's too uh you know he'll have to find the blower motor and next time it acts up tap on a little bit, he'll find that it comes right back to life, and then he'll know that it needs a new blower motor. And don't use that sledgehammer, Dennis. Gentle, yeah. gentle Gent- hammer. A nice. little, little tiny, uh, uh, you know, the professional grade yeah. tap tap hammer. <laughs> exactly. Right. Hey, if you have any kind of a car care question, don't wait. Uh, you bring it to us right now. Either you can call and chat with Dan if you like, or certainly send uh, Dan a text. It is the same number, 651-461-9226. And I say don't wait. Because Dan will be with us only for about another 30 more minutes. So uh, if you have any kind of car problem, car, truck, or van, uh, call us or text us. Again, same number, 651-461-9226. What about batteries uh, this week? Has that been uh, an issue with a lot of customers, Dan? Lots of batteries this week. That's probably the number one uh, uh, reason that causes a car not to start in the severe cold weather is the battery, an older, worn-out battery. In warm, moderate weather, the battery is doing just fine. But once the weather turns severely cold, two things happen. One is the power that it 
requires to turn the a cold engine over is much higher than on a warmer engine. And number two, for every degree that the temperature goes down, a battery loses some of its power. So when you combine the two things of the fact that the battery has less power because it's cold and the vehicle requires more power because it, that's just what it takes to turn a cold engine over, then there's not, enough, there's not enough voltage left to fire all the components, to fire the spark plugs, to fire the ignition coils, and all those, so those sorts of things. And that's when you go out to the car and it kind of does the slow wah, wah, yeah. wah. And, uh, you know, at that point you're done for already. And, and at that point, the slow wah, wah, yeah. wah. And, uh, you know, at that point you're done for already. And, and at that point, <clears throat> really, sometimes all you're doing is, is making the problem worse because there's not enough voltage to start the car and but maybe there's enough voltage to still add a little bit of fuel to the combustion chamber and uh that's when you get in trouble then you got too much fuel and you know now the vehicle's not going to start for sure if you have a car care question 651-461-9226 you can call it in or you can text it in speaking of texts here's one it says i have a 2006 honda ridgeline 144,000 miles on it Recently, a light on the dash came on. I looked it up in my book, and it's an emission light. How serious is it, and what does it mean? Well, um, the it's it's not an immediate problem for driving the vehicle. In other words, the vehicle's not going to stall uh, based on the fact that your emission light is on, or it's probably the check engine light, and there's a code in there relating to the emissions and there's a whole bunch of things on the vehicle <clears throat> that have to do with emissions, like uh, you know the the uh, evap the evaporative system, which which doesn't allow gas vapor to get out into the atmosphere. Um, and then there's other things when the engine's running, with the regards to the catalytic converter and things like that, to protect the emissions. And somewhere in that system, something has failed and has turned the light on. And, uh, you know, we've talked about, well, can I just ignore the light and, and so forth? And I think, you know, in the short term, that might be okay. Uh, but long term, you don't want to ignore it because that's the only light you have with all of the hundred other things that could be wrong with your car. And uh, so if you leave the light on and ignore it, then whatever else might come, come be going on, you won't know about. And that could be problematic if you do that. Good point. All right, let's do this, Dan. Let's take a break. Invite our listeners to uh, join in on the Car Care Show, 651-461-9226. Again, Dan will be with us till close to 745 this morning, so don't wait. Call us or text us here on CCO's Car Care Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. 17 degrees. We might hit the 29 today and then another uh, cold couple days coming. Stay with us on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to CCS Car Care Show. Denny Long here along with ASE Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Where exactly on Grand are you guys located, Dan? Well, Denny, we are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between uh, Lexington and Victoria uh, in St. Paul. 
You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give a call as soon as today, 651-228-1316. Very good. We'll get you that number before Dan leaves us, which is about 745 this morning. Car care questions, you just direct those either by phone or by text to 651 461 9226. Dan, uh, let's uh, grab a phone call. Ed's calling in from Ottertail this morning. Uh, Ed, thank you. What is your question for uh, for Dan Burns? Yeah, my daughter had called me, and she had heard that a person had destroyed the sidewall of their tire. So they had to get the tire replaced. So when they went in to get the tire replaced, the person told them, well, you just can't buy one tire you have to buy all four tires because your car is an all-wheel drive. Uh, is is that true? I told her I didn't think you had to buy all four. You might have to buy maybe the two front or the two back. I'll hang up I and think, listen. Yeah. Okay, Ed. Thank you. You know, I think you're probably you're probably right that uh, I, I would think that two would be sufficient. What they're talking about is uh, a, a new tire that's completely full of tread, a brand new tire is a little bit bigger around than a tire that is partially worn out. And so if the tires are partially worn out, then that uh, brand new tire is going to turn a few less revolutions than the other tires. And you think it's not much, but it is measurable. And in the system, in the dry, in the drivetrain system, there needs to allow for slip, because that you know they they aren't exactly the same, and the that you know the vehicle does allow for that, and the question is, does that ruin the vehicle? And I'll I'll just say from my experience, I've never seen that. I've never seen that to be a, a problem. Uh, I don't think any tire, any two tires, are ever exactly the same either. So. Uh, you know, you you don't want to have one tire that's brand new and three tires that are completely worn out. But if the other three tires are completely worn out, they should be replaced. Uh, if, in fact, the other tires are 50% or better, then I think maybe you are right. Maybe put two on uh, or something like that. Um, because, you know, when we go to rotate tires... We measure the tires anyway <clears throat> to see if they're due to be rotated, and so they're not all exactly the same diameter either. And so, uh, you know, the vehicle's designed for a little bit of that. What they're telling you is that uh, we don't want too much of that, but if the tires, if there's that much of a differential, then uh, you should be replacing all the tires anyway because the other ones are worn out too. Yeah, good point. All right, Ed, thank you. Uh, let's grab another call. Annie's calling in from uh, Maple Grove this morning. Good morning, Annie. What is your question for Dan? Good morning. Uh, I have a 2004 MDX with um, 250,000 miles on it, and it is uh, causing some uh, problems because the brakes fail intermittently. It seems to only happen when it's really cold, and the, the pedal will just go all the way to the floor. And you can pump it a little bit um, and get you know, get an eventual stop, but it's not really safe. Um, and then, of course, take it in to get it inspected, and it's not happening. And so I'm having trouble diagnosing it. Any ideas that would – and then when it warms up, it you know, it comes right back, and the brakes work just fine. 
Well, in the master cylinder, which is kind of the the main component of your hydraulic braking system, there's rubber seals and so forth. And sometimes we've seen where in severe cold weather, those rubber seals will get hard and allow the fluid to bypass. In other words, the fluid is supposed to be going through the brake lines and, and going to the wheels and applying the brakes. And instead, the fluid is leaking past that seal and that's why the brake pedal is going all the way to the floor. So I think probably what's wrong with your vehicle is uh, it's going to need a new brake master cylinder. But I agree with whatever shop you're taking it to. I'm not exactly comfortable just putting a new master cylinder in without experiencing the symptoms that, that you're experiencing. So uh, maybe if the problem persists and you're not able to catch it, when it's at the shop, maybe you're just going to have to take your chances and ask them to, you know, make their best guess, which will probably be a brake master cylinder, and have that replaced. Okay. All right. Good luck with that, Annie. Uh, we have a bunch of text messages I want to get to as well. I know we need to take a break for weather, but let's grab this one, then we'll take uh, have a look at that forecast. Happy New Year, gentlemen. This one says, I have a question about battery tenders. Is this a good idea from my new Mazda CX-5? Also, is there a way to hook it up daily without having to lift the hood? Well, many, yes, many of them have a connector in them, actually, that you can connect them permanently to the uh, battery and then just have a little pigtail sticking out from under the hood. And we've done that many times. And uh, on your... A newer vehicle like that, I question whether it's necessary to be using a battery tender. Uh, So think about that. I I don't know why you're doing that if you're driving the vehicle daily. Uh, Between the the vehicle's recharging system and uh, a good battery, it certainly should be capable of starting that vehicle without putting a battery tender on it. But at any rate, if you want to use a battery tender, that's fine. And uh, but but uh, you know wire it in a fashion that that little pigtail sticks out under the hood, and then you can just plug that in. Plug it right in. Yeah. All right. Good idea. All right. We'll need to take a break. We'll uh, have a look at that uh, forecast coming along, and then a few more minutes of our car care shows. So stay with us here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long along with AOC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. And uh, back to the phones we go. Dan Kipp is calling in this morning from St. Paul, I believe. Kip, you're on CCO with Dan. Yeah, good morning. It's Chip, but that's okay. Yeah. That's close enough. Sorry, Chip. <laughs> <laughs> I have a... Um, yes. Yeah, right. Mine, too. Okay. Anyway, I have a 2017 Prius with about 35,000 miles on it. Um, I have conflicting opinions on whether my brakes need work or not. One, both, two reputable shops have really different opinions and it's kind of confusing. So one guy says that I need um, the new brakes, especially on the front done, and he wants to do a maintenance job on the back. He says that the winters in Minnesota are really hard on brakes and that we have been sitting, the car's been sitting around it's been driven, but not a lot, because it obviously doesn't have a huge miles on it. And he wants to completely do the front brakes and do a special thing on the back brakes for a tune of about 800 bucks. I took it to another shop, which isn't very far away, which 
checked out okay, and he said they're fine. They don't need anything, that they're working great. The sliders are working. So how do you deal with something like that? That's a pretty radical difference. I was just curious. Yeah, that, that is a pretty radical difference. Uh, and I, I honestly uh, don't know which opinion to believe. I guess uh, what I would ask is if you could go back to the first shop and get some measurements, some actual measurements on how thick the friction material is. Uh, when you told me that it only had 35,000 miles on it and then and somebody was recommending brakes, I was surprised. Uh, that's certainly premature. So I have a tendency to believe the second shop, but uh, you know, I, maybe maybe th- third time's the charm. And uh, <clears throat> when you bring it in and get another opinion, or if you go back to the first shop, ask them for what the actual measurements are and uh, why they're recommending uh, doing it at that exact measurement. And even maybe disclose to them, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with saying, you know, I took it to another shop and they said I didn't really, it's not really due for breaks. So uh, clear this up for me. So I, th- I think you kind of need to deal with the people that you're already dealing with, but, uh, but uh, get a little better explanation. All right. Yeah, good luck with that, Chip. All right. Is it okay to drive a car with a faulty fuel injector for 10 days until the scheduled appointment causes cylinder misfire, shakes the car like I have a flat tire, occurs about 5% of the time while driving above 40 miles an hour? Yeah, it's, you know, it's not good. Um, I don't know if the fuel injector has failed uh, in, in a way that's turning off the fuel. <clears throat> if it is not uh, spraying fuel, then it is safe to drive. However, if the vehicle is spraying too much fuel, causing the misfire, then it is not safe to drive because you'll do damage to your catalytic converter and, and other parts of the engine. So I don't know what's going on with it, if it's rich or lean, but, uh, but if, the, you know, if it's failed electronically or fails intermittently electronically and does not put any fuel into the engine, then in the short term you can drive it. This listener says, uh, wondering if installing an engine block heater is still something to consider during, during these uh, cold temperatures. Uh, he's, he or she is uh, specifically thinking on a 2005 Buick LeSabre. Yeah, you know, there are uh, two things. They're uh, almost impossible to get anymore. That You know, there's not good available, uh, availability on engine block heaters. And on many of the engines, there's no place to put them uh, to install them properly so that they'll work properly. So... Uh, on an engine that's working properly, if you've got a good battery, good starter, good tune-up condition, there's no reason for the vehicle not to start. And, uh, you know, an engine block heater, I haven't sold one in years just because of the availability uh, of them and the uh, application for installing them on the engine block. Hmm. Okay. We have a ton of text messages, Dan, that we're not going to get to, so I'm going to open up the show with those next week. Uh, but in the meantime, here's, here's a lot of folks thinking this. What's your opinion? Is it too cold to go through a car wash today? My garage is not heated. Car is a salty mess. <laughs> <laughs> I looked for a car wash yesterday and couldn't find one open, so that might be, your, might be the real solution. You need to find one that's open. I think today the car washes are going to be very busy, oh, so yeah. uh, go get in line now. Uh, um, and I think it, it would be fine uh, to wash them in weather like today. However, 
uh, when it's if when it's like it was yesterday, you know, near zero, that is pretty cold uh, to be washing the the car. And what you don't want to end up happening is where you get locked out of the car because it freezes in. So if you do get the car washed on a cold day, make sure it's good and warm inside and probably don't lock the car, uh, you know, when you park it so that that's one less problem you're going to have. Uh, about getting into the car afterwards. Well, Maybe good, leave the window cracked a little bit or something so you can get into the vehicle. That's a good point. And get that underbody wash as yeah, well. That, I was excited about that, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't find one yesterday. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Dan, we have to leave. Uh, we'll pick up on these text messages, and we thank our listeners for their patience. We'll, uh, we'll uh, grab uh, get some answers uh, next uh, Saturday morning. Dan, how do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's Automotive? Come on over, Denny. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call, 651-228-1316. Very good, Dan. We'll uh, talk to you one week from today. Have a good week out there. Sounds good. Thanks, Denny. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Uh, Coming along in the 8 o'clock hour right after Jack Farrell, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions. Keep in mind, too, in the 10 o'clock hour, if you have a dog or cat at home and you want to talk to a veterinarian, Dr. Gene Geske will be with us in the 10 o'clock hour. So much more ahead here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO.